Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League. It's a show where three rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Tuesday and you know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. This is a, I suppose we call it a Pacific Cup edition. Griffo, we've got the Pacific Cup final coming up on the weekend. We also have the um, the Pacific Bowl match on the weekend, uh, the final there. Uh, so there's still plenty of Rugby League happening in Rugby League land at the moment. Plenty of news in the off-season here with uh, signings happening here, there and everywhere, and obviously the big November 1 signing uh, deadline date tomorrow. Um, how's the off-season treating you, mate? Yeah, well, you know, it's not my favourite time of year, um, even though, you know, we've got some some rugby league, a little bit of content. Um, I mean, it's better than nothing, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't like the off-season. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, being realistic, guys need a rest, uh, recharge the batteries and, uh, and then we start to wind up again, uh, around February, Definitely. which is not all that far away because, no. uh, tomorrow's November. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and usually around the start of November, this is where, uh, the teams that didn't make the finals actually start to go back to, to training is usually around the start of November. So they usually try to get in, um, you know, a good... West Tigers? Yeah, they should be at, they should be at Concord tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> if not... Centre of Excellence? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah it's the Centre of Hope. Hopefully they've... Uh, They've gotten back into training, but um, you know, there's there's lots of news in the off season. Um, there's there's plenty going on. This is also another time of year where this is this is one thing I, I forgot to discuss off air. But another good part of the off season, I don't mind having a look at uh, the changes that you sometimes get with the NRL teams and their jerseys and logos. And one of the um, I suppose teams we. Yeah, it made me think of it there with the Tigers because in the past we talked about their logo changes. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Griffo. Uh, I think you know where I'm heading here with the Manly Seagulls. Bit of a change yeah, in logo and branding for, for it's next It's had its year. wings clipped. It's had its wings clipped. Do you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever played that game or seen that game on um, the mobile phone, the Angry Birds? It uh, looks like so, an Angry Birds. Yes, years ago. It looks like an Angry Bird to me. So, uh, look, you know, the Seagulls possibly looking for a bit of revenge, but... Um, yeah, you know, the this time of year we um we see these types of things. So they're looking for a, for a new piece of branding. Um I don't yeah. like it. You know, I, that's I just know. me. I'm old school. It's it's not it's 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 very modern. Uh, how do you how do you think I mean I know we're talking on behalf of a group here, but we're seeing a lot of the modernizing of some of these logos and I know it's moving with the times, but there is something to be said for a traditional logo, isn't there? Well, Graham, the most traditional logo is is the leaping, uh, the leaping rabbit. That's a good logo. True. Yes. I like I like the uh, I like the panther, the leaping panther. Yep. No words. You just know that's that's, that's the, the panthers. Panther. 
That's the, the rabbit dolphin. Holes. I suppose it's a leaping dolphin. The dolphin. I think they got it, it is, right for just yeah. having the dolphin. Yeah. Well, it doesn't yeah. have a name, so they're just the dolphins. Nothing else, anyway. There's nothing yeah. to write underneath it, anyway. No. Oh, look, uh, Manly are trying to do something, I guess. Um, uh, it can't be as bad as the last time they tried to change something uh, when they uh, stuck a rainbow in somewhere and that went down on not very well. Um, yeah, look, bottom line, Manly supporters, if their team wins, they're not going to care what the logo looks like. That, that's, that's very true. And, yeah. and, and look, the, um, the, the branding in, in the NRL, I actually think there's, a, there's another big thing that we're seeing now when it comes to, to branding, and not only selling the clubs themselves, but selling the game. Um, I'm not sure either if you've seen some of the pictures online of some of the advertisements in Las Vegas that are uh, a little um, bit. I've seen a little bit, not a lot, but uh, yeah. But there's, it's, it's great to see that there's that that picture there. You know, Australia's biggest game coming. I know there was yeah. a bit of uh, bit of talk from the AFL. They didn't like it, but I mean, if you're the Who cares? If you're NRL, you're not going to say, "Oh, what are you going to say?" Yeah, oh, <laughs> the second biggest smallest game. game? You're going to advertise <laughs> like that. Oh, it's it's unbelievable what we're what we're hearing because that Las Vegas game really that's the next um, game for points that we're going to see. Um, yeah. It's 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 um we've got the Manly Seagulls taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, the Roosters taking on uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, just want to get your thoughts before we talk about some of the sign news and the footage going on now. Just, just your thoughts on what you think we might see over the off season. Uh, I know, obviously, there'll be some um, some hype, hopefully, and some promotion in America. What do you think it's going to be like back home here? Do you think there's going to be a lot of hype to try and draw in some attention? You know, not only from the American audience, but the Australian audience that um, you know may not necessarily always be rugby league fans to get some more eyeballs on this also here in Australia. No, I look, I. I... I applaud um, the NRL and, and Peter Valandis in, in having a dig. Like, I'm excited about it, and my team's not even playing. Um, had my team had been playing, I would have been on a on a plane to Las Vegas. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's great. Um, in 2023... You can't be stagnant. Um, sport is a business. And uh, you really need to expand your business. And the Australian market's only so big. And, and the reality is the NRL is, is only really part of uh, the Australian market. So... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, it's about uh, making money ultimately, and and uh, to make money, you've got to you've got to widen your net. And the biggest uh, sporting market in the world happens to be in the United States. Correct. So uh, the NRL is trying to get in there, some sort of foothold. Um, not trying to take over from anyone else. But just trying to say, look, we've we have got uh, a product here that that may be of interest to you, um, in particular, I guess NFL supporters. 
it's it's taking place the weekend after the Super Bowl, I believe. You know, NFL is only a very short season um, in terms of the, the time of the year that it covers. Um, if they got 1% of NFL supporters' eyeballs on Rugby League, that's a lot of people. Um, and, and obviously they're aiming for more than that. But um, we know it's a great game. But only a small part of the world really knows about Rugby League. Mm. Um, yeah. And the, the biggest competitor for Rugby League globally is Rugby Union. And that's about all I'll mention about that other sport because I've no interest in it. But it is much more of a global sport. And the, the thing that sickens me whenever I hear it, and I did hear it, you, know, you normally hear it from people from Melbourne, um, but I did hear it from someone from the United States uh, talking about rugby yes. um, in relation to our game. I think we need to drop that term, just call it league or just call it NRL um, because we're not rugby. Rugby is a different game and it's a popular game with many, not with me, but, you know, everyone's different. But, yeah, I think they need to ram home uh, the brand that is NRL. Um, yeah. They don't need to know what the letters stand for. A lot of people wouldn't know what the NFL stands for. They just know it's NFL. The AFL is AFL. That's the letters. Mm. Um, and that's how it is. It's a brand. Um, so, yeah, don't talk about rugby. Um, because people, if they, you know, they hear rugby league, they're, they're going to focus on that first word. Just call it NRL. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, but I, I'm excited it's, about it. And just to just to say, in there, you know, a lot of people talk about gridiron, American football, NFL. These mm. these these leagues, these acronyms for the leagues have become the names for the game in a sense. So um, I don't yeah. think you you're, the EPL. you're too far off there. Right. That's that's how the big sports they brand themselves by, you know, generally three letters. Yep. Um, the NBL, the NBA, NBA, uh, yep, the big, NHL, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, so you can exactly, keep going. Exactly. So, so yeah. there's three letters: NRL, um, Australia's biggest sport. Um, well, it may well may not be, but if it keeps doing things like this, it will be. Yep. That's and that's the, the key. Huh? The product's oh, good. Exactly. And, and yeah. it's important that, that you know, the, the, the four teams that do um, play those games um, really do play rugby league, you know, near its best. Because yeah. anyone who watches it and hasn't seen it before, if you're going to see rugby league at even near its best, uh, you're going to think, yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to tune in. I want to see some more of that. And that's what the NRL is trying to do. Yeah. Um, get eyes on the game, um, and I, I can only applaud them for that. So uh, yeah. I hope all four teams really do put on a great display of, of you know, and I'm biased, of course I am, but I'm a rugby league man. Um, I make no apologies for that. Um, 
I, I respect other sports uh, and, and they have their, their followers and, and those followers think they've got the, the best sport and, and, and to them it is and that's okay. But um, yeah, rugby league, not trying to say, right, we're going to be the biggest sport in the United States. We just want a foothold because we do get a foothold there. The revenue that then can generate is can be uh, used for two reasons. Well, one, to grow the game here. Um, and two, obviously, to, to expand the game further on the international scene. And, and that's important. Um, that's something the AFL don't have. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, they were innovative a few years ago. They took a game to China. Um, I don't know if it was a success or not, but they had a crack. I've got to applaud him for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, if you're looking to crack a market open, um, the biggest market in the world is the one you probably want to get into. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, hats off to the NRL and, and Peter Volandis for, for making it happen. Yeah, and the latest news just on that from what we're hearing, of, I mean, this is courtesy of, um, of Zero Tackle. Uh, they're reporting that um, the games will take place Saturday evening um, in the US with the Rabbitohs mainly being the first game and then uh, the Roosters-Brisbane Broncos being the second game. What they're reporting and what we're hearing is that it would likely line up that that would be sort of your 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock equivalent games on a Sunday oh, afternoon right. for us here. Oh, wow. No, that's, um, that's perfect, yeah. So that's the way they're trying to work it out. Whether those timings are exact or not um, is, is yet to be confirmed, but it'll be a Sunday yeah. afternoon uh, football here. And there's also talk here with Fox League apparently um, have been... Um, ba- they've basically been marketing through... through uh, through their, what does it say, through their recent industry up front that uh, the Rabbitohs-Seagulls game would be exclusive and live to Fox League, which would suggest that that would be the first game of the afternoon and then a possible simulcast with Channel 9 for the uh, Sunday afternoon game, um, main game being the Roosters and Broncos. Same article, interestingly enough. I don't know if I missed this when it it all came out, but they're also reporting here that... um, they're, they're hearing that it's believed to be a five-year deal with Las Vegas. Yes, that's that right. Would, that would see every club in the game every club. Yeah. go at least once. So yeah. that's, that's very interesting. And we're also seeing two here. It would be the first time in a very long time that we're not seeing a, 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 a an Australian primetime season opener. And also, too, this would be um, almost like a... You know, a split round in a sense where is, these yeah. two games round would happen zero, on one essentially. week, and then the next week. So we're going to get a lot more information on this. So that'll be March three our time, with the rest of round one being played between March seven and ten. Um, and we're hearing, as always, that the draw would probably be out by the end of this month. So that's something else to keep an eye on, because by the end of this month, we might be able to do a bit of analysis to see. Um, mm you know, what the draw looks like for each team because we know, uh, as we saw last year, that it can um, have a bit of an impact um, in a sense of, you know, we saw at the end of last year, some teams, their uh, stock was a little bit inflated based on who they played and when they played. Yeah, so I, I really, I don't space. expect, Graham, that we're going to see a much better draw, but I really hope that um, 
that they've had a look and uh, just try to make it, make it a bit fairer. Um, but yeah, we we can't uh, we can't be judgmental until it actually comes out. But uh, my guess, Sharks get a rails run, Raiders get a rails run, um, and there's about half a dozen teams that play each other that uh, will wish they didn't. <laughs> but anyway, you'd imagine some um, some some football in Brisbane on a Friday night. I think you might see uh, the odd game. But in fairness, at least it's, it's look. Um, at least they des- they're deserving of, of that top billing now because they're they playing, are playing good football and it's a big market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And look, the only thing that can really strengthen teams at this time of year is, is the change in their roster and the signings. Um, just today, we heard a little bit of news coming out of South Sydney. Uh, Jai Arrow extended his contract to the end of 2027. South Sydney also signing Sean Kepi on a three-year deal from the Seagulls in recent weeks. They're looking to, um, I suppose, get some longevity in that forward pack there, especially with um, yeah, some of the Harmony forwards. Sully. Like, Is it Harmony yeah, Sully? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got... And also, too, um, you know, when you got the likes of Burgess, you got you got some players there that they, they really wanted to, I think... Uh, you know, build up that forward pack there. So they need something. Um, <laughs> another news, we, we often talk also too about your club, Griffo, the Panthers. A lot of young players coming out of the Penrith Panthers. Uh, whilst a lot of the signing news and speculation, I think the, the the airwaves and the news outlets are going to be talking a lot about Jerome Luai and what's going on there. Um, a young Panther who played some first grade this year, Tom Jenkins, he's gone to the Knights. Um so that's not a bad move for him considering, you know, Dom Young's off to the Roosters. Um, mm. So, you know, he's probably a depth signing at this stage, but it's not it's not a bad club, I suppose, to uh, to be affiliated with to, to look at some opportunities there. Oh, good player. Good, mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to see him leave, but I do understand. Um, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, good addition for the Knights. He may not be uh, in there initial top 17, but I'm very confident that he will play NRL for the Knights at some stage. Mm. He's uh, He's been with the Panthers for quite a few years, played all the junior rep sides. He's, he's a country boy, um, and he, uh, he filled in. Uh, I'd say he probably played five or six games this year, maybe, yep. maybe a bit more, um, and, he, and he did a good job. He's a good finisher. Uh, he's good in the air, uh, reasonable speed, yeah, solid player, yeah, and uh, definitely uh, uh, an NRL player. So I wish him well. Yeah, other news we're hearing. Um, Jordan McLean, he's another bloke here who, yeah, he's been around a long time. He's, um, I think, 32. He's agreed to a one-year extension at the Cowboys. Uh, there was a... Yeah, you know, he really he didn't have a contract up until recently, but he's another player too. Without talking too much about the signing, I mean, obviously a, a good sign for the Cowboys, but he's another player that we probably don't talk about enough as being a veteran of the game, being a really good player over the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I think he was in a premiership winning Storm side at some. He certainly. He would have been. Yeah. Came to prominence with the Storm. I would imagine he. You know, they they were winning reasonably regularly. I, I think he might have 
clocked up a, a premiership somewhere along the line. He's he's played for his country. Um, he got selected for the Blues and then got injured in training. I think he did a hamstring. He's had ongoing hamstring problems. I don't know if he ever actually represented the Blues or not. But, uh, yeah, good player. Um, they, they've got a lot of back rowers as well. They, they've got to try and fit into their salary cap jigsaw puzzle, the the, uh, the Cowboys. Um, and then, of course, they've got Jason Tamalolo with still about four years of his million-dollar-a-year contract to go. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. good signer for the he's been he's been good for him. Um yeah. when he's you know, he has had his injury issues, but when fit and well he's he's been very solid. The one that really caught my eye of the of the signings in the last week or so was um Josh Curran to the Bulldogs. I think he's a he's another player who for the Warriors has has been really good in the games that um that he's played. Uh, we it's always a bit of a bit of a gamble though going to the Bulldogs. We always talk in the off season about the signings they make, and then we tend to talk about during the season how disappointed um, you know we are in them. But you know they've they've made this signing, and I think for for them, Josh Curran, I I think he's a good footballer. Definitely a good footballer. Um, Interesting move from from him though. Yeah. Um... Well, he, you know, he's uh, he's a Western Sydney uh, boy. Um, may have grown up around the Marylands area. He's a Patrician Brothers Blacktown ex-student. Um, so he's coming home, really. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's got a lot of skill. Um, good addition for them. They really are um, a revolving door, though. Uh, they've lost... They've lost some players who who are on big dollars. Um, guys like Thompson's going back to the to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys that were on big money there that, that they've let go. There's been a few. Um, yeah, they they pay big money and they let go players who have been on big contracts. So. Uh, yeah, you don't I'm just know, looking do you? at the losses here for the Bulldogs. Avarillo, Penguin Jr. Penguin Jr. Well, there's a classic example of a guy who was on big money. and Waddell, So it frees up salary money. cap space. Yeah, Flanagan apparently was on quite significant money. Um, mentioned Luke Thompson. Corey Waddell wouldn't have been on big money. But Avarillo, good player, local junior. Mm. He's off to Dogs the, uh, fans Dolphins. being a bit disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But... They've got. Yeah, I was gonna say they've got some some players coming in though. The, I mean, the big unknown, I suppose, coming in for them is Bronson Sherry. Um, been a number of years since we've seen him play football. Yeah, had a lot of promise before. Obviously, that that lengthy ban. Um, we we don't. I don't need, think we need to go around the block again and talk about how good Stephen Crichton is. I mean, we we talked about it. Uh, not as a five me, eight though, Graham. I don't know if you saw the Samoa games, but yeah. But look, as I said in the archives, go back to the last episode. We talked about him being the best centre yep. in the world if he's playing. And in that the he centers. is. Play him in the centres. Yep. Serraldo. 
And they've got some depth there with the likes of Blake Taff, Jamin Sam. Blake so, Taff is better than depth, Graham. He should he, be their number one. He is a very good player. And uh, he just... It's the Souths just didn't use him well, i got to say. Yeah. Um, very good player. I know Shane owes a massive rap on him. Um, if I'm... And Cameron Seraldo knows a lot more about rugby league than I ever will, but there's your number one, Taff. Crichton in the centres. Um, Burton 5-8. Yeah. Yeah, you got Burton. They need a half. Um, oh, they got uh, the sex bombs there. So I think, uh, yeah, whether Sherry comes through, I mean, he, he is the centre as well. Um, yeah. And they've got uh, they re-signed Jacob Kiraz and uh, the winger Blake Wilson as well. Uh, so they're they're extended. They have got the makings of a of a good team, but it really comes down to what uh, what the seven can do for them. Um, and uh, we've seen that teams that don't have a good number seven generally don't become very successful. Definitely. So, uh, such a big yeah. part of the part of the team, big part of the squad, um, and yeah, I mean, and and for those who have heard things in the the media and, and wondering, um, they they've basically poured water on the uh, the rumours that Addo Carr may be going yeah. elsewhere. There's a lot of talk this time last week that Parramatta were looking to make a bid for him. Phil Gould's come out and said, well, he's under contract and we're not letting him go. So I suppose that's the uh, that's the end of that yeah. one. So. Well, they're all under contract, but uh, yeah, Sean Kepi was on a three-year contract. I think Curran was under contract too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it suits um, people, contract doesn't matter. No, they're not. They're not worth much. Um, the other problem, sorry, Graham, to interrupt yeah. there, but uh, Carl Oluwapu, who was a young guy, big signing, signed on big money from the Broncos, um, ostensibly as a half. Uh, yep. He's looking at being out for the whole year. Um, he had a either a neck or a back injury. Um, oh, potentially, they were talking man. about career threatening, oh, um, but looks like he's at least out all of next year. So that's very serious. Um, fortunately for the young man, he was signed on uh, I think quite a longish deal. Yeah, to um, the end of at, uh, 2026. No, there you go. At at pretty good money, well, very good money for a, a guy who had, at the time not played any NRL. So, uh, wish him all the best. But it seems as though he was developing along the lines more of a lock than uh, a half. But uh, massive raps on him. But yeah, really unfortunate for him and for the club that uh, he looks like missing the whole of 2024. Mm. Another player who has um, really earned a, a contract, that's Phoenix Crossland. Through yeah. that, that Knights run, um, he had a really good year, and he's still quite young. I think he's only about 23 years old, but uh, the Knights have rewarded him with a contract through to the end of 2026. 20, Deservedly um, so. And, you know, uh, it would have been Jaden Braley he would have come in for who had that yep. uh, that injury, and 
you know, all of a sudden he just became a, a, a mainstay in that side. So I think that's very well deserved as well. Absolutely. And, and it, uh, it creates a, a good selection headache as to, well, does Braley come back in as, as, the, as, the, uh, as the hooker? Because Crossland stamped himself as a, as a high-quality hooker, he, you know, best known as a guy in the halves, never really cemented a six or seven jersey, um, played his best NRL football at nine, uh, maybe he becomes the 14. Or maybe Braley becomes the 14. Yeah. Um, but a good... With the other throw in there to the mix, Jack Cogger. Yes. Who, um, who was outstanding for the Panthers, in particular in the grand final. Um, where do they play him? When you, Where does he fit in that mix with uh, Hastings, Tyson Gamble, um... Good, good problems to have there for the Knights. Um, better to have too many than not enough. Mm. And and because there are some some clubs that have lost players in certain positions, um, and the Canberra Raiders, they're one that comes to mind. They're, Absolutely. Their backline, obviously, with you know Jack White and going, um, Matt Frawley's leaving, Jerry Croker's retired. So there's a, a bit of room to fill in that backline, and yeah. they're trying to fill that void with uh, young KO hey, Sports. Oh, yes. sorry, Kevin Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. Yeah. There's a sponsorship opportunity there for sure. Yeah. There's an ad, isn't it? You know. Yeah. If you if you you know they need something where you know rather than having you know a free month of KO, they need you know, you know KO weeks where you have a free yeah. week of KO sports and. Uh, if he has a big game, yeah, everyone uh, everyone KO, week. KO for a week. Um, yeah, you get a week free KO. So yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's another young player. I mean, he was at the um the Seagulls, and uh, I, I'd imagine when I saw that signing, they I saw the release from from Canberra, and I thought it was very interesting um, where they were talking about him as being a versatile player in the back line, and there's a quote even from him saying he can play a few positions. But, you know, so on and so forth. So they're, they're really selling it to their fans and members as yeah. a, a versatile signing. And it's, you know, they're, they're going to be looking at where he fits best into this back line to try and to fill some of those holes. The other guy, long-term halfback, is Ethan Sanders. Yep. Um, but I'm not sure if he's... Not going there till the following year. I did hear that somewhere that he's a, a, an excellent um, halfback with a fantastic kicking game. He he mm. played junior junior blues. Saw him in the Origin, yeah, yeah, really good. Is he currently at Parramatta? Would he be Parramatta? Yeah. yeah, Parramatta. But and and I know the Raiders signed him, but I think it might not be till twenty twenty five. So he obviously saw not a lot of first grade in the in the short term, at least at the Eels with long term contracts to to Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses um, opportunity at at the Raiders, who really don't have a recognised. Uh, um, yeah, they've got uh, the guy that was at the Gold Coast, whose name is just escaping me. Um, Fogarty, 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 yes, decent player. Yeah, but uh, you need a six and a seven. Um, it's a pity uh, they can't 
go with Sanders this year. But uh, as we said, KO Weeks, um, he's always going to be KO Sports to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he, he might fill in there, maybe at the six. He did get a couple of chances at Manly, and, and he was talked about as this boom uh, young player, but uh, couldn't cement a first-grade spot. I think he had some issues in defence. Um, he certainly got attacking skill, but uh, yeah, no, he'll um, he, we'll certainly see him in the NRL for the Raiders. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and, and it's one thing that we're going to see, obviously, you know, um, over the off season, even through the season. It, it almost seems to be that it doesn't matter what time of year it is. There's always um, signings happening, so. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there with all the, the signing news that's going on. Um, I suppose the other thing we've got to talk about, Griffith, there's, there's been some footy also being played over the uh, yes. the recent weeks. Uh, we are right in the thick of the Pacific Championships. And as we know, there's been, um, you know, the, the, the female and the male versions of the game happening over the past few weeks. And it really comes down to this weekend where we've got... Um, the Pacific Cup final between the Kangaroos and the Kiwis. And then we also have the um, Pacific Bowl, which is almost like the Tier 2 uh, Pacific Championship yeah. uh, tournament with Fiji and Papua New Guinea. Um, yeah. Just first of Look all... A theory I... on that, Graham. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You drink from the cup, and after you've had a drink, you visit the bowl. That's why it's Tier 2. Okay. <laughs> well, lucky for us, we're Australian and we're drinking from the cup. Um, but, you know, before we get too far into the game that we've got on the weekend here, um, you know, with a few players obviously coming back into the side with Haas, Cobo and uh, Big Tino coming back in after not being in the side uh, for the last game, um, I think it would be Flegler... Yeah, Flegler's in the 19. Jake, Jake Trebojevic drops out of yeah. the stings, um, so, which I think so, was to be expected. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a few, few, few little changes there uh, because we saw these teams play last week. I mean, just your thoughts, I suppose, in general, uh, in specific, the Kangaroos, because this Kangaroos side, I, I suppose it shows how much quality is in the NRL competition at the moment. We've got players the likes of, you know, Nathan Cleary, unavailable. And, um, yeah, there's still some some quality. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's not as though you consider Daly Cherry Evans a backup halfback. There's just so much talent there to pick from. Um, just your thoughts, because there are some, some people who early on thought, you know, how would Dylan Edwards go on the wing? Um, obviously well-deserved and also... Um, you know, some of those other players that have come in and done a, done a good job. I mean, you know, Thomas Flegler coming in the other night and playing a game. We've seen Cameron Murray, I suppose we could technically call a, a record uh, try scorer, having scored a try in his last six games oh, yeah. for the Kangaroos. Um, that, that There's been some really good footy, especially this time of year, given the fatigue throughout the season that some of these players will be experiencing. Yeah, I, I've um, I've tuned in to the uh, the cup games, um, which is the mix of kangaroos, kiwis, and 
Toa Samoa. Um, obviously, the Samoans sort of uh, got smacked in both games. Um, and then we saw... But I actually thought the Kiwis would win last week um, when I looked at the two teams. But uh, I was I was impressed by the Kangaroos um, without... And they did rest... Big Tino and, and Payne Haas, who were absolutely outstanding in that game against Samoa, the opening game of the tournament. Um, and they also rested Liam Martin. So those three guys, uh, they come in to strengthen a team that was pretty much last week uh, the best Kiwi team they could field from, from the guys they had in the squad. It was interesting that Coach Maguire didn't um, rest any of those players for what essentially was a dead rubber game. Um, and they got beat by not the best Kangaroos team. Um, there were some great performances from the, uh, the guys in green and gold. A bit later when we have the, the grab, I might to talk about one of those guys in particular, but um, they've, they're a team that, that has gelled really well um, in, in, the, in the short time they've been together. Now, a, a few guys in this team last year were wearing the colours of another nation. So uh, the hammer was uh, in blue and white of Samoa. Katoni Staggs was in the red and white of, uh, of the Tongan team. Um, most of the other guys were on that uh, World Cup tour. Um, Dylan Edwards was not, so he's he was new to this uh, this squad. Um, but pretty much all the other guys who were in the seventeen were over in England as part of that uh, World Cup winning squad. Um, so they, they do have a little bit of experience together. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, Daly Cherry Evans uh, has filled very well the uh, number seven jersey um, that, uh, well, I don't think Nathan Cleary actually wore the number seven last year. They were all over the place with their jersey numbers, but uh, he established himself as, as the, the premier uh, halfback. Um, but Daily Cherry Evans, he's been fantastic uh, for the Sea Eagles, for Queensland, and of course, uh, again, for for his country. He's never let his country down, uh, Cherry Evans. Um, yeah, Cam Murray playing in the 11 has been outstanding. Mm. Um, you're a rabid old man through and through, Graham. Do you think there's something in that for your team that wears uh, green and red? Having him in the... Um, on the edge. Yeah. Yes, the I think I think it it's something to be looked at and I think he's gonna play there more and more possibly this season. We saw it a little bit last season and I feel like the emergence of Talis Duncan might Yeah. That's might, what I was alluding to, yeah. Yeah. The emergence of Talis Duncan as a lock might put him on the edge there and it's it's not, and you know, I don't want people to think, you know, we're taking anything away from Cam Murray's ability at lock. It's just he has the ability to play lock and second row, whereas some people might be 
specialist in the middle. Yeah. I think that it's going to be part of a forward rotation. I think that he'll play some parts in the middle and then I think he'll play some parts of games on the edge to, to accommodate when Talis Duncan's on the field because... Um, I think it helps yeah. his longevity. I think so too. I think you're right too because you look at the speed and the intensity with which he plays the game. Um, that's one thing I worry about with Cam Murray because also too... We know he's got a bit of a history with uh, with head injuries. And whilst we, we've heard his name around football for a number of years now, we've got to remember this is a young man who's only 25 years of, of age. Yeah. You know, he's Don't, got a feels lot like of, he's 25. Like, seems he's got like a, it. not only a lot of football left in him, but a lot of life, yeah. you know, to, 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 to live. And, you know, he's got a, yeah, he's got a, you know, a young fellow. I, I don't know if he's... I think he's, he has a child. Baby yeah, I think, recently, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing seeing some news surrounding that. So I, I think it's something to be thought about. I mean, obviously, it's our Sydney there thinking, okay, what's going to be best for the team in, in their attack? But um, I think as an individual and, and looking at the, the welfare of players, it's something that's got to be taken into account and playing on the edge, not necessarily for a whole game, but um, playing yeah. on the edge may be an option because the other thing I think too which may impact upon this um, you know it's a bit of a domino effect at South Sydney I mentioned that with with props they're probably you know maybe a prop or so short and with the re-signing of um, Jai Arrow it shows that they've got a lot of you know he's going to be a part of that forward pack for a long time going forward um, I think we're going to see Jai Arrow a little bit more in the middle I wouldn't be surprised to see Jai Arrow so. wearing, wearing the number yeah. 8 on the team sheets uh, quite regularly, so you know, with with Jai Arrow at number eight, um, you know, Kaloa Matangi, uh, you know, the other the other back rower there, they they could be looking at an option. I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a uh, Kaloa Matangi Cam Murray back row with uh, Talis Duncan in at lock and and have part pretty of awesome really. rotation. Those so, three names. Yeah, it's not a bad back row, is it? And it was always one of those things. And then, you know, off the bench, then you can you can have your, your hit out between your players like your Jacob Hosts and so on and so forth for those those other spots. But um, he, he's the type of footballer. What, what this is showing us is, I think a lot of the times we talk about what Ken Murray can do and how he can influence the team. I think it just shows when you surround him with other great footballers, you know, it's a minor detail. You know, sometimes whether he's in the middle or on the edge, he'll he'll do the job for you. He's, he's such a yeah. talented footballer. So I think the the key thing that has been shown in the last um, couple of weeks is when you get some some really top quality halves and some options outside of him. Um, you know, defenses have to make decisions, and he'll um, he's got the ability to tear you to shreds or take the line on and make a good twelve or so meters for his team. Yeah. So. Uh, I think there's definitely something to be said there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good side. Um, forwards, really outstanding. Uh, if you look at Haas and Tino up front, Maury and, uh, and Liam Martin in the uh, second row with Isaiah Yo. How's that? And then <laughs> back row you, bring on, uh, you bring on Lindsay Collins, Pat Carrigan, Ruben Cotter, and, and the, uh, the guile of Harry Grant. That's oh, that's uh, pretty pretty awesome. I feel like this is going to be one of those teams, and I didn't I didn't think about it too much, so it just hit me then. A couple of weeks ago, they had on um, 
on Fox League, they were showing some old games and uh, anyway, there was ones from the you know the early two thousands and so on and so forth. And then you're looking at it, and it's always you go, oh, who was in the side? And they show the team before I run out, and you think, oh, geez, look at that side, look at all those names. I've got a feeling this is one of those things in five or six years. We could be looking back at this and going through this this side that we've got now and going, wow, look at all the talent in this team. And then someone will be sitting there with you having a beer going, yeah, and don't forget, that was the year that, you know, Penrith won the third in a row and Cleary didn't play and, and all this sort of stuff. There's just yeah. so much talent around at the moment. And Well, just on that, Graham, and, and I thought, you know, well, who are they missing? Um, and, and Nathan Cleary obviously comes straight to mind, but then the, the couple of forgotten um Guys who are pretty handy, Latrell Mitchell and uh, Tommy yep. Turbo, Trebojevic, yep. uh, they'd, they'd be in there somewhere. Um, so, and, and it's, a, it's a really good side, don't get me wrong, but um, probably it's in the back line where perhaps they're, you know, not quite at, at full capacity, but uh, still pretty awesome team. Unbelievable team. And we saw in last week's uh, game when they did play the Kiwis, I never, I mean, I suppose, you know, the, the, the Kiwis were in there, but it was one of those things where, you know, the kangaroos sort of sort of kicked on. We saw a really good try. I, I wanted to talk about it, and I didn't know if you were going to have a Griffo's grab this week or whether we were going to do it. I do have do a it. grab. We might as well do it because I, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about any similar moments here. So I might hit the music now while we're talking about the footy and see what you've got. Which, which moment did you pick out? Okay, I'm just going to rewind a week previous um, for a, a slightly different grab. In fact, it's uh, you probably couldn't grab this. And that was uh, Joey Manu running around without a, without a jersey <laughs> yes. on. Yes, so the the, the um, old shirts uh, versus skins game. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite <laughs> amusing actually. Um, Western, uh, he got involved. Guy. He had no, he had his shorts on. It was just like a guy's run out from the from the crowd, um, all bare chested because no jersey, and he got involved in a in a try. Now I don't know if that's legal or not to be on the field, not wearing a jersey. I've never seen it before. I mean, I've seen guys lose their jersey, but they don't get involved in the play. So he would have been tough to grab. Um, But anyway, that's just a a by the by. Um, The the real grab this week, um, I've got a feeling you have a slightly different version of of what I'm going to go with. I'm going with the hammer. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you're going to talk about shortly was was sort of sublime uh, rugby league, and I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a moment. But I just want to talk about a guy who uh, he may well be the most exciting player in the NRL, uh, Hamaso Tabuai Fido. I might be wrong, but very early when in the history of the grab, um, he got, I think, one of the very earliest grabs. Uh, now, he's still only a young guy. I think he's only about 22. 
might have made his debut when he was like 18, 19. Cowboys supporters must be absolutely shaking their head that this guy is, is playing for the Dolphins. But be that as it may, we saw him again at his best last week where he ended up with a ball that had sort of bounced from a bomb. He drew three guys in, sort of threw an overhead basketball pass inside uh, and the Kangaroos went over. I think it was Lindsay Collins was the recipient of that uh, pass. Yeah. In the second half, he did a massive uh, uh, job on Joey Manu. He just went around Manu um, and uh, presented Dylan Edwards with his first international try. Mm, yep, yep. The hammer is the guy who broke the hearts of the Blues in Adelaide um, when it looked like the, the Maroons were gone. Um, give the ball to Hammer. He beats about three, and um, and New South Wales supporters, including myself, were shattered. This man has amazing speed, skill. Um, he's good in the air. He's he's actually taller than what I thought. Um, an excitement machine, um, and uh, all the talk about the Dolphins not having a marquee guy. Uh, they have, and his name is Hammer. Um, he is just a delight to watch, uh, except when he's wearing maroon, because uh, he 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 makes me want to cry every time. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. he's just unbelievable. The Hammer. Um, he's one athlete. of the reasons why people love rugby league. He is yeah. an absolute athlete. You're right, Graham. Athlete, um, but he's not just man. that. He's got skill as well. Yeah. Um, he's a surprisingly good defender. Um, you think these guys who are a little bit leaner and, and you know, game built on speed, they're maybe not going to be so good in defense, but he's a, he, you don't miss too many. Um, but, yeah, so he, he got my eye last week, but there was another moment of absolute magic that you can tell us about, Graham. I think you're alluding to the well, – I was talking about the Val Holmes try. I, mm. I don't know if that's. Hurting. I wasn't even thinking about that one either. Oh. There was another one. No, tell us was, about that one. The, the one, the one that I was actually thinking first of all, and I wanted to talk about because it, 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 the 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 beauty of the Valentine Holmes trial was not only just the follow through and the put down. What I really loved, and what I love about this kangaroo side is, we see certain players where, throughout the years for their clubs, people might say, oh. Tedesco, we, we wouldn't, you know, necessarily talk about him for his kicking game. And when they come together around these great players and they play in this kangaroo system, and a lot of credit's got to go to Mal Meninga, who I think is now... Oh, absolutely. He put them together. 12, 12 from 12 on home soil. He's got a really good record yeah. with them. That first try, because obviously, you know, the, the start was, was quite, quite poor with the kick out on the full from the Kiwis, but then that first try, just Tedesco moving at the line, perfectly weighted grubber, and uh, Valentine Holmes coming through. That, for me, that try was just a phenomenal team try, which I think highlighted just how good James Tedesco is. And I think sometimes people want to try and um, deter away from his skill and just how, how much of a great player he is. And I, I just thought that was a really, really great try to show his versatility and just how 
for the kangaroos at the moment, everything just seems to be going right. Yep. Um, credit to, to Teddy, credit to Val Holmes. I mean, Val Holmes, a lot of people were saying he should not be in this squad. He hadn't played for months. Um, and that was his first game back last weekend. And it was if he nothing, you know, it was if he's just come out of an origin series. He was on point, Val Holmes, uh, back to his best. Um, for a lot of people, Teddy would have been the fourth choice fullback after Ponga, Walsh, Edwards. Um, and Mal, you know, to his credit, he builds everything on loyalty. And, uh, and he did it with Queensland, and, and he, he's doing it with Australia. And, and it's well documented that he may, may not be the technical genius that many coaches are. Um, Wayne Bennett probably is not a technical genius, but he, he gets the best out of humans. And uh, I think Mal is, is uh, along a similar line in that he, he's, the, uh, he's the man... Um, What's the man manager, um, yeah. and the the tactics and whatnot he leaves to guys like Adrian Lamb and, and Michael Hagen, um, who were also well, certainly Mike Hagen part of his uh, Queensland coaching squad during uh, those horrible years uh, when we couldn't win a series. Um, so credit uh, where it's due. Uh, in saying that. Um, they haven't won the cup yet, so uh, true. Yeah, but uh, it, did you see the the Harker and the yes the standoff? I'm, I'm sort of thinking, is something going to happen here? Or we're going to get going to get a game of footy, but um, apparently none of that was uh, none of that was pre-planned. It just sort of evolved, and it was uh, quite. Interesting, um, with the uh, with the face off with the yeah. you know, the face to face and and I, I tell you, it, it's obviously one of those things where yeah, as you said whether it was talked about or whatever but they were all very very serious face the Australians um there was it, it was good it was it was a good balance of of respect and also rivalry I I, I think it was yeah, yeah I, I think I think they got that balance right there with the um. With the with the reply to the uh, to the New Zealand Harker, which I think is an absolute, I think it's a phenomenal part of yeah, it's, of, it's a of great that, part of, of of you know sport. any sport involving New Zealand. Um, yeah. I don't think the cricketers do it, but uh, um, but yeah, you know, I I still think back. Why don't we see Comite Comite anymore? Uh, that, that sort of faded away. That that was the the one that you'd see every yeah uh, you'd, you'd years, always see the the seventies, eighties, nineties into the noughties, yep. and then that, that that one don't seem to exist anymore. But I mean, it's all good. But I'd like to see a bit of commentary, commentary, uh, uh, and then you can you know go off in whatever direction you want. But uh, but yeah, the uh, it all adds to the spectacle, um, and it it's not just. I mean, people focus on that. Essentially, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, well, the Jack Gibson used to say, uh, oh, yeah, New Zealanders going to do a little bit of a dance. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, but it's, 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 uh, it's a, a good real, uh, 
<laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that, but um, but that's uh, that's what, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah. But I but Jack did say that at some stage um, that when he used to commentate for nine, he didn't say a lot, um, but uh, that was there. But yeah, it's a great part of the sport, as it is in in other sports as well. Um, yeah, whether we I, I ever see us. Apparently, the Australians did have some sort of thing that they did. Um, back in the 60s, when I think they were on a kangaroo tour to the UK, um, probably not quite of the same effectiveness as the Harker. But, uh, hmm. yeah, we'll see that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes this week. Uh, there'll be some different eyes uh, focusing on uh, on the Kiwis with Big Tino and uh, Liam Martin yes, and yeah. Payne Haas. Some real um, forces there. Yeah, you know, James Fisher Harris. He's a scary man. Like uh, when he's, it, I, was, uh, he's... <laughs> I was even thinking that watching it the other day. There's at the end of the, the no, I think it might have even been during the national anthem because I remember him standing there and he had his eyes closed and he was um, yeah, very very patriotic. And they just had this shot of him on the TV, and I was just thinking, the, the arms on that bloke, like the yeah, just the pure physique, the straight like the, he is an absolute machine that bloke and yep. I, I think he is one of the you know, well he's he's their captain um but he is just, at least by example yes that's that's basically what i was getting at uh, he is the player who you know he'll do his talking on the field if, if new zealand need a lift rather than him yelling out come on boys he'll take the ball and run 10 or he'll put a big shot on he's that type of player he's um he's, he's invaluable to to any team he's in I remember Graham when he first um, sort of broke through. Um, he'd been in the Penrith system in the in the juniors for for a little while, and uh, when he first came on the scene, he, he was a second rower, and um, all the talk was uh, was like, "This guy is the new Gordon Tallis." Um, yeah, right. And, and he had a lot to live up to, but. He's definitely um, not let anyone down uh, with with their sort of expectations. Um, he is an absolute scary man who you want on your team. He's nowhere near the biggest guy in the NRL. Um, when you look at you look at Payne Haas and, and Big Tino, they will tower over James Fisher Harris. He's not a lot over 100 kegs. I think about 40 of those kegs are in his biceps. But <laughs> um, but uh, he is uh, he's a guy you want on your team. And yeah. and uh, not to leave out Moses Liotta, um, they're a, they're a double act, and uh, they're very very effective. They've been very effective, and and this is one of those things too. Where like you said, looking back to last week's game. Um, a lot of people going into the game really fancied the Kiwis as as possible victors in that game. Um, obviously, we've seen in the past. I think a lot of people say, "No, Kangaroos won last week; they should win this week." Doesn't always work that simply. Does not. Just, You're absolutely right, Graham. I just just want to get your thoughts too. I mean, we've talked a bit about um, you know some of the, uh, the the players in the the Kangaroos side. You know, the, the skill and the talent. You know, we talked about. You know, I talked about Tedesco there. We know that, you know, the hammer. Um, I'm just wondering from, from the, the Kiwi side, 
but if we're talking about about skill and a, and a game breaker, I feel like we're talking about uh, Joey Manu. I think for them, he's the player that can. He has to um, be the player, Graham. Yeah. He yeah. is. Uh, he's an outstanding rugby league player, Joey Manu. Um, for the Kiwis to win, he has to play a close to a man of the match performance. Um, they got two very good halves in uh, Jerome Hughes, who I think is is outstanding, and the very talented Dylan Brown. Uh, they got at the back the very very good uh, Nick Clockle Sharnstadt, uh, who these days plays for the Warriors. I rate him highly, but the guy that uh, is you know going to be the difference between winning and losing uh, is Joseph Manu. Um, who is listed as a centre. He does play a bit of a roving commission. Yeah. Uh, you want the ball in that guy's hands. Um, and, and uh, yeah, uh, he, he's, been, he's been reasonably good, but he hasn't been at his best. Um, he's probably very good against Samoans, but um, I can't recall too many parts of the game last week where he... He troubled the Australians too much. Um, he, he put on a few fens. Yeah. But um, they will need him to have a bigger influence on the game if they're going to win it. And I think that's the thing too. I think that um, coming up against a team like Australia with the defence they have, it's much harder for him to, to, to break into the game. So I think that's where it's more important too for for some of these other players in the, the squad to, to draw some attention for him, especially those other players, you know, close to the edge, like your Nakora and your Papali'i, um, to just try and create a little bit of space for him after some, you know, some work up the middle from the likes of Fisher-Harris um, through that middle. Because the one thing we do notice in these international games, I just feel like with these two sides, we've got some... You know, when you you look at the NRL, you go, oh, there's that, there's, you know, one really big player there, there's a big bloke there. I feel like when it comes to these sides, I mean, with the likes of Fisher Harris, as you said, uh, Leota, probably even Bill Tarpany, Tarpany. that's Asafa there's a big side, there's some big boppers here. And I know that, you know, Australia's got their own in the likes of you know, your, your Collins, Tino and Payne Haas, but I just really feel like there's some 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 size in this Kiwis team and I think the, the key for them is going to be holding the ball, controlling the game a bit so that these big boppers have some gas left in the tank to open it up for the um, the outside backs because I feel as though if they're turning over too much ball, um, I think the Kangaroos will just have too much too much gas in the in the tank and they might make them pay, especially later on in the game like we saw last week. Yeah. Just going through, I've just got the teams up now. The forward pack of Fisher-Harris, Kieran Fawn's been good at, uh, at hooker. Liotta, Isaiah Papali'i, who was arguably the best second rower running around in, in 2022. Yeah. Sort of fallen off a cliff since he's gone to the West Tigers. But he's you don't lose talent. Um uh, Nicker has been uh, very good in these games and, and is just a very good uh, player. Tarpany, one of the best forwards in the game. Um, then they can bring on Big Nelson, Leo Thompson and Griffin Neen. That, that's, uh, that's pretty handy. Um, very much so. Pretty handy. Um, 
And like I see they've got New Brown as the 14. Um, New Brown named New because every season he seems to have a new club, sometimes two in one season. But uh, he's a bit of a journeyman, but he's, uh, he, you know, he's a good player. And he is versatile, so he can cover more than nine, certainly. Um, uh, the new man, New Brown. Um, I do expect the Kiwis to to improve. Uh, they were good in the first half, sort of fell away in the second half. To be uh, to be honest, they weren't that great in the second half. But we know they can do better. Um, I'm looking forward to. Oh, it's actually oh, just three o'clock. Three o'clock. I'm glad on I saw Saturday. that. Yep. Oh, I think it's. Uh... I'll be at work. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Wow. Um, yeah, because what would that be? Because uh, it's in Hamilton, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. So it'll be five so o'clock. So there'll be a five yeah. o'clock local game for those of you oh, listening in New Zealand. So yeah, I was thinking I wouldn't that go out mind. Saturday night. I'd stay home and watch it. But uh, game would be done. And go out and celebrate. I'll have, I'll have to come home and 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 watch it from uh, without knowing the result. I can do that. Mm. No, I, I, I did not know. It was an afternoon game. Yeah, because the Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, is the um, Fiji Papua New Guinea game. Um, I don't know that I'll be watching that one, but... Uh, yeah, the, this one's more sort of one of those ones, I think, the the Fiji and PNG game, where, you know, if you're looking at some of the um, the players that are in the NRL, there, there are quite a few players uh, here. So I think a lot of um, a lot of fans might be interested to see players that... Uh, to represent their team week in week out and uh, yeah. and see how they go, um, you know, and and some of the younger younger players coming through. I mean, it's almost like you know, with their their fullback matchup, I was looking at here. I saw Buller and uh, Alex Johnson. It's almost as though you've got you know one of the most experienced players in the NRL coming up against an exciting youngster. But yeah, definitely worth a look if you if you're looking for some sport on Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah, definitely some NRL. Yeah, I'm, there. I'm. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that, uh, that the, particularly the Fijians. I know they had a big win last week, but when a Fiji side is not running out the likes of uh, Api Korisau and, and Viliami Kikau, um, Sua Wong, as well, who's over playing with Tonga, again a change of jersey from last year, which I. Sort of irks me somewhat, but uh, yeah, uh, a full strength Fiji side is is a really good uh, outfit. Um, and they, you know, with the side that they had last week, they they had a big win over the Kumuls. Well, I didn't see that game, but uh, um, the Kumuls have, have got a good sprinkling of, of NRL talent in their side, um, and they'll certainly be looking to bounce back. Um, Sunia Taruva uh, missed the game last week, but he's back for the for the Barty. So um, it might be the Barty party again this week. Well, if the Barty party is to um, to kick off, we have a Carpool Rugby League favourite contender here, Griff. Oh, I it's don't know if back. you've seen it. it number oh. 16 for the Fiji Barty is Gordon Whippy, or as those... 
that you know want to be more polite Mr. to uh, young Gordon. He is Mr. Whippy. Mr. Whippy. So, so Mr. Whippy, Gordon Whippy, uh, he's a prop. Uh, I think he plays in the Queensland Cup for the Ipswich Jets. Um, I just thought that was too good not to let pass. Oh, and I had it great. in my head and I wanted to say it and you were talking about the sprinkling of talent and I'm thinking, oh gosh, got <laughs> well, the sprinkle. A sprinkling the on, the, uh, on the ice cream. <laughs> on the ice cream. So, um, yeah, there you go. We've got oh, Gordon I didn't Whippy, notice that. Thanks for pointing that out. Favourite, we, At some stage during the summer when we when we uh, pick our couple yeah. favourites, he's got to be yeah. in the sun. He's got to be uh, there. That's a great. He's, he's at least providing some dessert after yep. the game. So, yeah. And one of the old favourites from a few years ago, who sort of disappeared. Um, they're laying out the uh, the uh, red carpet for the king. He's back uh, in the number ten, King Vuniyawa. There we go. We've got the king. Player. Yeah. I think the king. Uh, he's been over in England uh, with uh, with other royals. Um, yeah. Not, not Prince Harry, of course, um, but uh, the King. Um, he's trying to restore some uh, some regal presence uh, in rugby league, uh, and he's doing that uh, in in the Fijian side. Um, yeah. I'm just looking for. Jacob, oh, there he's number eighteen. Uh, Jacob Alick. Jacob Alick. Alick. How's he not making yeah. side? Well, he might make our side. It makes our side for sure. Definitely does. So there's Him a few in here. Go well with Mr. Whippy, wouldn't he? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, I just want to see. I just want to see someone say that you know, yeah, a lick creams Whippy or something like that. That'd be a great piece of commentary. That'd be uh, that'd be one for the Schweppes Classic commentary competition. This is so, good uh, stuff. You can't you can't make you this can't, up. You cannot. You cannot so, make it up. Yeah. There's plenty to plenty to look at there. Um, you know, the Kama Chameleon, um, number eight, he's the uh he's the, the prop Is he captain the captain? Captain, the, yeah, yeah. He's the captain. Big yeah. So, so look, plenty of um plenty of favourites. What about there the thirteen? What's he doing there? Debellum. Tane on. He's oh, there the, we go. I, thought, I did see that. Yeah, with the different. He's, they've got him in the well. They've got him in the second, the second row. row. Even though he's wearing thirteen. So there must have been an. Uh, oh no, they've yeah no, they've had a drop. They're missing bench. a few back go. rowers, obviously, with uh, the likes of Viliami Kikau and Yep Wah Wong uh, not available for whatever yep. reason. Um, I thought, geez, you're being a bit harsh on Jack DeBell there, but no, Tane Milne there, second row. Yeah, yeah Tane Milne in the second yeah. row, well known. Uh, for uh, for Rabbitohs fans and uh, for various reasons, uh, some supporters and some probably thinking, "Why well, is he out there again?" But uh, spending more time in the uh, in the in bin. The bin. Yep. Yep. But so, you know, he's representing. He's he, he, look. He's not a bad player, but uh, too much time uh, either suspended or or in the yes. sim bin. Yep, yep, needs to get there of his game. Just one thing too, just while I see Alex Johnston's name there, I'll tell you one thing I did pick up for my young fella uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not sure if we've mentioned this on the podcast or if you're aware, but Alex Johnston's actually written a book. So I, I think you might know. have mentioned it at some stage, Graham. Yeah, so it's called A Footy Tale, um, and basically it's it's a nice book. It's a, it's a really good book, and I hope he does well out of it. Um, I could uh, relate to it as well because it was a. Uh, it's about this um, 
underdog team of bunnies who every right. week are up against stronger teams and really, really struggle. And the, um, the, the main, it's, a, it's about inclusion in the book. So the main, um, yeah, the main theme of the book is because they're always coming up against these, you know, these tough teams like Panthers and Tigers and so on. So, um, yeah. Well, that, it's, that's fiction then. Yeah, <laughs> it's, when I say tigers, yes, yes. So, so you know, so there's um, yeah, there's he gets some help from uh some some other animals to join the the team, some more fierce animals, and uh, yeah, some of his teammates he gets to jump on board are uh, some very similar names to what you'd imagine. There's one called Cody, one called Trell. So no, nah, it's a good it's a good book about how mm. these other um. These other animals come together to play with the bunnies, and they include them, and they work together, and and they are uh, eventually, um, yeah, get the job done. But um, yeah, Footy Tale by Alex Johnston. It's a it's a good read. It's a good. Uh, it, it, it's great to see him involved in something like this. And, oh, yeah, absolutely! Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. And I think I, I was I was it was actually funny because obviously in our household there's a lot of talk about what's going on at South Sydney and so on and so forth. And um, my wife and I brought the book. We brought it home. We read it to my son, who's, who's you know he's a year and a half, and we're trying to you know we're slowly in the uh, the brainwashing phase of him yeah. becoming a, a rugby league fan and a rabbito. And yeah, we were talking about Alex Johnson. And we said for all the the players that have been in the NRL and even you know some of the ones that are in and around South Sydney, especially at the moment, he's one of the good guys. That was you know as we were talking about. We said, gee, he's just a really good role model for um yeah. for young people that want to get into rugby league and I, I think he is he is someone that um because he is such a positive role model and he is such a um you know he seems to be a genuine good guy uh he he may not necessarily get talked about as much so i thought this was a good opportunity to 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 mention the book and um and to mention alex johnson and obviously all the positive all right. things he's doing not only um you know in the world as an author on the field as a as a footballer, but also to just uh, you know in community and so on and so forth. And very good on him. Yeah, possibly, and, uh, possibly I, I will become the greatest try scorer ever. Well, that's still he, a watch this space. But, uh, yeah, it's barring injury. Um, yeah, he he will. Um, he, he scores plenty of tries. Um, I think the esteem that that guy's held by by the uh, the Rabbitohs fans is the fact that a few years ago they looked like they were going to let him go and there was uh, was petitions and whatnot um, from fans. Yep. So yeah, that was right. Was he was linked with the Cowboys. I remember that, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's... Fans don't do that for everyone. Um, he's uh, he's held in, in the highest esteem. Local junior. Um, as you say, there's never any fuss about this guy. There's never any controversy. Yep. He just gets the job done in a in a humble manner, and that endears him to uh, supporters of all teams. So even if you're not a South supporter, yeah, um, you can't but like this guy. So uh, good good luck to him. Definitely, uh, that actually makes me think we should have something. We we could have a segment one day where we talk about the. The, the best books written by rugby league players because you know there's a lot of uh actually a lot of books out there um <laughs> remember back in the day at the footy show they used to give Mario Fennick a fair bit about oh, his, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> his book I remember that yeah. but um 
Yeah, just makes me think too. There have actually been quite a few uh, rugby league players writing, you know, biographies and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, not sure if any prior have done a, a children's book. So I thought that was definitely great to talk about and definitely um, one of those um, yeah one of those positive news stories in the NRL. Um, so look, really we've got the, the big game on Saturday. I'm, just before we you know move on away from this week's. Uh, Rugby league. I'm assuming we're we're thinking the kangaroos would get the job done again this week. I expect so. Yeah. Um, but you know, Kiwis in the past, are, you know, notorious for for winning games that they're not really expected to win. And then um, after last week's sort of significant defeat, I don't think too many are expecting them to come out and be what most people believe is an even stronger kangaroos team with Tino Haas and Liam Martin. Back um, into the into the starting lineup. Yeah, and as as always, when we talk about rugby league here on Carpool Rugby League, it's not only the men's game we talk about. We've also had the Pacific Championships for the women, and um, we we saw on what would have been Saturday, Kiwi Ferns get up against the Gillaroos. I'm not sure if you caught much of this one or heard. I saw most of it, Graham. I I was. uh... I was flicking between that and the cricket. Um, yeah. At the time, I think Davy Warner and uh, and Matthew Head were sort of uh, providing some great entertainment. Um, so I was sort of flicking between the two. Um, the the Gillaroos always seem to have that game within their winning, but they were very wasteful. Um, particularly in the first half, uh, they didn't put the points on. And a um, couple of defensive lapses. Uh, and the Kiwis, well, the uh, Kiwi Ferns, I think they are, mm-hmm. uh, they ended up winning the game. I think it was 12 6. Um, and you've got to say, yeah, it deserves to be so. Uh, their defence was, was outstanding. The Gillaroos had a lot of ball on. Uh, on the on the ferns line and, and just couldn't couldn't break through. You just always thought, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna score, they're gonna score, and it just didn't happen. So they they'll be a little bit disappointed. Uh, it's the first game that uh, the Gillaroos have lost since about 2017, I think they said. Unbelievable, um, isn't it? I... Yeah, for, for for the history of female rugby league, virtually the. The Kiwis were always the dominant team. Mm. It's only in recent years that the the Gillaroos have uh, become a dominant side, um, having not lost, as I said, for for six or seven years. Um, but uh, so it was a surprise. But uh, on paper, you would have thought that the the Gillaroos would get the job done, but uh, they didn't. Did you see the whole game, Graham? I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I only saw the highlights afterwards. I didn't. Um, yeah. I didn't catch the game myself, and it was just from what I saw. It was, um, yeah, like like you said, it was. It's it's almost as though the the women's game, the international level, is is built on defence. We always talked about it being hard hitting and and intense, and that was yeah, like you said, it was it was a similar thing. I felt like oh yeah, the Gillaroos. It just it just looked like they were going to get through eventually, and the the Kiwis held strong. They had really good defence, and um, it was a low scoring game. I think it was three tries in the whole game, but 
Yeah, a lot of credit to the Kiwi Ferns, considering I think it was the ninth minute when Chapman went over to to basically hold them out. Yeah, for the rest and of score the after that. Yeah, it was phenomenal. So yeah, it's um, it was a, a look. It, it was a good advertisement, I suppose, for the women's game. It was a nice close game. It was um, I think they got a crowd of I think it was over ten thousand there at Amy Park. So um. Yeah, it's 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 just great to see this time of year and just just the conversations we're having, um, you know, not be oh, yeah, you know, yeah. There was also a women's game. I was like, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's just part of the the rugby league calendar now that when we've got rugby league happening, we also look forward to the uh, the women's games as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think yeah. there's a final or anything. Is it? it was just the. I I think that's it. To be honest, with you. I don't think they've got yeah. another game. Um, yeah, so I know the. Um... They played the first game about three weeks ago, the two, the, the Ferns and the Jillaroos, and then the Ferns played Tonga uh, the previous weekend, and then yep. um, I don't think there was any plans for the Jillaroos to play against the Tongans. But uh, So no cup or no bowl or plate or anything, um, just, uh, but, you know, international football, which is, is always good to see, so... Yep. Um, yeah, and that's and that's the main thing, really, just to just to try and build the uh, the international game and the women's game. Yeah, it's 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 the key there. Yep. So really, I suppose the next thing is we've got the the big game this week. Um, other than that, and the the signing news, and hoping that there's no injuries. That's probably the big thing. Fingers crossed for no injuries this week. Um, probably the next big set of news. I think that it might happen apart from your signings, Riff. I think. The big thing for us to look forward to later on this month will be the the NRL draw coming out. So, yep, I'm sure we'll be back on the uh, the airways around that time when the draw comes yeah, out. Yeah, sure. late else late November, so, I guess we can yes. review the final of you know of, of so this week's game, um, and we might have more news regarding the uh, the Las Vegas. Uh, uh, I was going to say experiment, but it's not really an experiment. It's um, it's the Las Vegas beginning to the season, and it will be for five years, as you mentioned. Um, hopefully, also we'll know more as to whether there will be a World Club Challenge. Yes. Um, and if so, where Wigan, the the Panthers, the Panthers still yet to ever claim. Uh, that trophy they've uh, they've competed a number of times but never won so yeah, um it's an interesting stat, as a panther it? supporter it's something i would it like to become something that you want to see them win on. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. because they've had a number of shots at it um and they just haven't aimed up um for whatever reason but uh yeah i don't think from, I don't think the Panthers is, is all that keen to to get on a plane and, and, and fly to the UK. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll know more um, by the next time we, uh, we're on the Carpool Rugby League podcast. The, um, the timing of that, I think, will also be interesting considering, um, you know, whether they try to, to marry it up with that Las Vegas week. Yeah, week I, I, I don't think that'll happen, Graham. I think they'll be going off before that if, if it takes place. Yeah. Because Whether it's also... here or, or in England. Yeah. 
and because because you also usually have that um uh you know the 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 implication now with the the season almost you know coming that week earlier i i, do, I remember reading an article a couple of weeks back where they were talking about the charity shield match where they were even yeah. talking about that being uh being changed and 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 effectively saying that it's um you know they, they're calling it a creamed you know uh start to the year that the it's going to be quite tight with all the games and and so on and so forth. So, you know, you've got the, the Pacific I've got a solution. I've then... got a solution, Graham. <laughs> Don't play trials. Exactly. <laughs> so, you why, know, what is the purpose that they are serving? Exactly. Um, I because think it's the other that that's what we've always done, do... so they keep doing it, which doesn't yeah. make, make it the right thing to do. But the, the players must have, under the uh, collective bargaining agreement, I think it's six weeks, complete... Yeah rest and and they're entitled to it I'm, I'm not disputing that at all but when you've got a uh, what we as we've got now the pacific championship which will end in in the first week of november november yep add six weeks on to that for those guys um then that's taking them really to to You're to almost christmas yeah you, and then you've got that area, that time around Christmas. They usually have a week or so there. Yeah, they do. They You're really looking there. at them coming back after the new year. And if you're looking yep. at playing trials in the middle of February, it's 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 yeah. uh, counterproductive, I think. Yeah, and and um, the talk around the charity shield too was that you know the last few years it's been at Mudgee, um, which has been great for the Mudgee region. Yeah, but there's been a bit of talk about the timing of it and issues because um, the the word is that South Sydney would have to play the Charity Shield and then fly out the next day to yeah, Las insane. Vegas. So the, 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 the talk is that um, it will be back in possibly the, well, the Sydney region. From what I'm hearing, it's either going to be, it's going to be a St. George hosting it either at Cogra yeah. or Wollongong. So um, just to make it a bit more realistic for... Um, for South Sydney to effectively, you know, fly out a day or so after rather than have the trip from Mudgee back to Sydney and then flying out and so on. So that's another thing I, we're going to learn a bit more about, I'd say. It's just something that becomes part of history, Graham. Yeah, it's... You can make it... You know, the, the first game they play, they can play for the charity shield. They can raise the money but as, as an NRL game. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and if and you know what, I actually have a feeling that um, as time goes on, we're going to see and there's more and more football happening. We're going to see less and less players take part in these trials. You know, typically you have teams have two trials. I know for you know clubs like South Sydney, it's usually a a trial, and it's effectively you know younger players. And you, you typically get no first grade players, and then the charity shield might have all the big guns named, and then by yeah. half time they've they've come off. Yeah, they're off. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that we're going to get to a point down the track where if trials do exist, you you won't have any first grade players. It's more so going to be, um, you know, all the second tier players playing, and it could be playing off to see who impresses to get that last spot in a side or something like yeah. that. I, I really feel as though the, the, the day of the trial having um, first-rate players might be on the way out. Um, and 
that's okay. Yeah, I, I just think it's something that is uh, surplus to needs. Um, I know they tried to, to jazz it up a little last year and they had a $100,000 oh, and we had a I trophy. I forgot about that. <laughs> Manly, of course. Uh, Manly won it. it is. You'd forgotten. I forgot that they You're did a that. Prominent, uh, a prominent oh. media figure as the... Uh, <laughs> As the skipper of the Carpool Rugby League team, and you'd forgotten about I, I totally the forgot that championship existed. or whatever it was called, and it was oh, one by the family wearing seagulls. That's right. It meant nothing. It was, but it just shows there that by trying to, by giving points for games, you know, in a competition that means nothing. Yeah, they're trying to. I don't know whether they're trying to increase the value of a trial. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's part of the television rights deal to have games. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah they, know, they did know. televise them all, but forget yeah. it. Just you've got your NRL competition, which in a few years' time will be two extra 18 weeks of teams. NRL. Exactly. Well, yeah, do the draw so that uh, um, it's, it's, it's better. Work it out better. You start with your, you know, your round zero in, in Las Vegas. Um, you play your world club championship, whoever is involved. Um, and uh, if you have to play your all-stars, um, yeah, okay. But that's it. You're going straight into the NRL. It's, it's funny that you mentioned... The, the possibility and how we got onto it here, I suppose, talking about the draw, talking about all this sort of stuff. The 18th team. Um, like you said there, we're expecting within the next couple of years to have 18 teams in the competition. Not sure if you heard much about the reports coming out of, I think it might have been the Telegraph this week, so obviously, you know, <laughs> you got to take it with a grain of salt. But... Um, the the talk around the bears, yeah, um, I saw an article today. Did you they see much about that? The Pacific, the Pacific bears. I saw region. an article today. Yeah, uh, so, so that would encompass Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands, um, Fiji, and they're talking Parthen, about this pathway. You you tell me one team in the NRL that doesn't have at least half a dozen uh, players of Pacific Islander heritage. Hmm. I'm not find one. Um, and also to have um, youth development locations in these regions. It's not uncommon for a team to have you know, development areas outside of their junior base. Yeah, I you know. Uh, look, for mine, I mean, I don't want to bang on about it, but for mine, Perth should be the 18th team. Um you're actually expanding the game to a new market. You you bring in a new um, time zone for, for TV. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, they should be the team. I know at one stage the Bears were talking about being the Perth Bears. Um, they'll just be the, the whatever Bears. They just want a bear. I, I think that's uh, going to be more likely. I think I think it might be one of those situations where. I think the Bears will end up because of that, in that um, in that uh, article I read, 
they, they did have this little one line at the end saying the Bears also have considered their fallback option of Perth as a possible Perth, basis. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, here's this idea that's probably not going to happen. Here's this massive article about it. And then at the bottom we'll go, look, what will probably happen is they'll end up being Perth. So they've made this big beat up to get everyone yeah. talking about this Pacific expansion as, as the Bears. I... And, and I think it's at one, one stage those... they were going to be the 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 new like the country they were going to go yes bear hopping through uh, yeah, rural they were going to be, regional uh, they were going to represent the whole Wales, region yeah with a bear in there and, and uh, a bear as well <laughs> at another town and I think uh, there's some games running around but uh, I, yeah, uh, I think if the they want that if they want that franchise I mean it may be one of those things where. And it may not be a bad option. Go to Perth, you have the Western Australian fan base, and then when they play their yeah. away games in Sydney, yep. you're going to have North... I guarantee you, you will have North Sydney Bears fans yep. that will support yep. this they team. Will. You look at the AFL, Graham, and, and I, I don't know much about the AFL, but what I do know is that still in Melbourne, teams like the Swans, yep. their hardcore... South Melbourne Bloods supporters. They've still got a bit of a presence there. Um, and yeah. I think maybe uh, the Lions, who are now these days of Brisbane, uh, they're still the old Fitzroy supporters, a little bit of a base. So those who are old enough to, to remember um, cling to, even though their team has a, a name that's different, uh, if the logo uh, is still with them, they they they're happy with that, and I think certainly um, old Bears fans um, would be happy. Apparently, it's a very successful leagues club, um, Norths, and uh, they're obviously the main bankrolls of of all these bids. Um, I've got no problem with the Bears um, brand being part of a future NRL. Um, I don't like the way they're basically, well, um, it seems that number nine, if we know what uh, position number nine is, it seems they're a bit like that, that they'll go to anyone um, uh, and be uh, be a bear for them. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about the fullback, um, but... Uh, be that as it may, it seems as though this political um, push from the Australian government to basically fund the 18th team to be a PNG team. Um, very wary of investment from China right throughout the, uh, the Pacific we can't compete with the Chinese for money. Um, they've got a lot more of it than what we have, but the government believes that uh, it will help promote regional stability um, with a rugby league team in the NRL basically representing P&G. I'm not... but I, I, I'm For me, Perth is, is the option, but I'm not opposed to that, but what sort of 
what I find difficult about that is that they talk about them playing their games at Cairns. Now, the last time I looked at a map... You're the geography teacher. <laughs> well, well, X, I guess, but you know, not that long out of the game. Cairns was actually in Queensland, and I don't mean it That's like the in Queensland. Where is yeah? It's actually there. Um, it's not in PNG, so I don't understand quite how saying, "Well, okay, we're going to have the PNG, whatever they are, whether they're the hunters, whether they're the birds of paradise, or whoever they may be, even if they're the bears." Um, is it sustainable? Does, I don't think so, Graham. That's a that's a, that's a concern. I feel like, and you know, I'd love to see a team that. I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, but I think realistically, the sustainable, viable option is if it was me tomorrow, I said put a team, create an eighteenth team, make everyone happy. I'd say the Bears. They're the Perth Bears or the Western Bears, whatever you want to call them. We're, yeah. You know, we've already got a team called Wests that aren't much good, so maybe we'll go Perth Bears. I think Perth might be a way to go. I don't know if they'd try to just call them the Bears, like a dolphin, and just, you know, I don't think say they encompass grab, everywhere. Grab the pe- people of Perth, if, you know. <laughs> um, the Bears are everywhere. But um, yeah. no, I think, I think yeah, the Perth Bears, I actually don't mind, you know, if it was a brand new franchise, um, going with something new, something, you know, I like a bit of alliteration. I don't mind, you know, the Perth Pirates or something along I, those I'm lines. I'm for the Pirates, you know. Yeah. Perth Pirates, that's good. Perth Pirates. But, uh, yeah, for me it's Perth. But the reality is it seems that those in power um, in, in Rugby League as well as the Australian government are pushing for a PNG team that doesn't actually play in PNG. So I, I, I don't understand It'd be great that. for PNG. It'd be great for PNG, no doubt. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but you know. they're not going to play there. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Like, you know, the, I, I think I've read a, read a similar thing where it was, you know, yeah, they want a Port Moresby-based team to play in Cairns. And you're like, well, well you know, why don't do they, they just... In- I'm playing Port Moresby. What, my concern stopping? there is my concern there is that if things don't work out, it just becomes, you know, and they go to prop up the franchise and the NRL comes in and all this sort of stuff. I don't want it to be one of those things where in ten years time, it's a bit of a failed experiment and they either fold right. or they become like that. They or they become you know, the Cairns caterpillars or something. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that's yeah. That's I, the other I, thing, I think it's I, I think it's you know. It's a short term. Uh, yeah, I I don't see it like we've done it enough in the past with rugby league where we put teams in without a long term plan, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, or at the wrong times or with the wrong. Yeah, you know, I mean we've been to Perth before. We've been to Adelaide. Yeah, it's, but the the, the Perth yeah. thing wasn't a failure. That was the thing. It was a, it was part of the peace deal. Between the, 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 uh, the, the ARL and the Super League, to say, okay, well, we're going to go with however many teams it was. Um, when they combine the two leagues, um, and they said, all right, well, we'll we'll, we'll drop Adelaide, we'll drop the Hunter Mariners. Um, I think was that when the Bears actually disappeared. Um, there are a few teams that disappeared at that time. 
Yeah. Um, most of them were from the uh, Super no. League. So, yeah, so there were a few teams that disappeared then because the first combined competition would have been 1998. Now, 1998 NRL season had a million teams. There were... Yeah. Um, 20, I, I actually... Yeah, and the Adelaide Rams were actually still a part of that. They actually, I think, were... Um, oh, no, I think they disappeared. They played... No, because I actually... Because I know they played... Well, they were still around, were they? Yeah, they had a couple of years. They disappeared when they had the competition. Remember in 2000 when they had the criteria and they went to 14 where um, Bowman yeah. and West merged, South went out, Manly and the Bears merged for the 2000 yeah. competition. Um, the Gold Coast went Dragons, so Dragons Adelaide, and, uh, yeah, they was... survived a year or so out of that. But yeah, you had I think it was a twenty team competition, and that was what really started that push. Where you know, as you said, the the West Western Reds, it would have been they yeah. were they were you know gone as a part of it. I think the Crushers were another team that were gone as a yeah, part of it. You mentioned the Hunter, the Hunter Mariners, you know, obviously Newcastle became the team in Newcastle. That season, actually, to that first combined season was when they brought in Melbourne. And well, I the Storm were basically, in a Mel- not officially, but in terms of players, uh, you had guys largely from the, the Western Reds and... Um, oh... Rams, but it was it was largely Reds, um, and they might have had some Mariners come in. But it was um, they made the grand final in I think their second year, which was that they won the grand final. They won the grand final in the second year. That's amazing, really. When you think about it, mind blowing. Brand new club. Yep, Chris Anderson and and... yeah, John Rebel, who was uh, the. Mr. Super League, um, and he took over as the uh, the head honcho of the Melbourne Storm, and they were successful. Yeah, and then and, still are. and then yeah, we ended up with the and the, and this is the thing. Like I said, the the year two thousand NRL season was where we were supposed to have this. Uh, yeah, they had that criteria. The, they said the ideal amount of teams was uh was fourteen, and. Um, yeah, ended up with a. Oh yeah, I think Auckland the Panthers originally. might have uh, been team number fourteen. It was. Um, it looked like they were going to be, uh, perhaps a joint venture or. Yeah, because uh, somehow the... But they're, they're, the fact that they actually went to Super League was probably what saved them. Saved them. them. Um, yeah. From a financial perspective, they, because, they didn't attract huge crowds. They weren't overly successful on the field um, but they uh, they had the financial bucking uh, that that being in that super league for um, for that time was probably got them across the line when uh, other teams like the Balmain Tigers might have just missed out um, and then were forced to to merge and they did go on and win a premiership and um, but it hasn't been long term success for that that joint venture. Right, and and really, you know, coming back to sort of, I suppose one of the reasons we were talking about is one of those joint ventures for that year were the Northern Eagles, um, and it was 
an amalgamation of Manly and North Sydney, which, you know, within, what, two years was, um, maybe yeah. three years was, was, was back to Manly and we, we saw the North Sydney, um, you know, no longer a part of, yeah. uh, um, you know, top flight uh, rugby league. So they've been looking for, you know, it's been 20 years now that the Bears have been looking to, to be a part of the NRL in some capacity again. So, um, yeah, that we've still got their supporters out there. Um, you look at that game against South in that yesterday. Grand final. There were a lot of people there supporting them. Yeah, yeah. well, um, I had a, had quite a few students talking to me about the Bears yesterday. These yep. are guys who would never have seen the actual Bears in the top flight. Um, but uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, so there's there's still a, and it's I wouldn't say it's a huge um, backing, but it's a significant backing, and uh, you know getting back, I wouldn't have a problem with the Perth Bears. Um, no. I'm, I don't know that I, the Pacific Bears, well, sort of like the Harlem Globetrotters, really aren't they? You know, don't, you know they're not. Where, what are they? You know what are yeah. they? Um, but anyway, definitely a watch this space and, uh, definitely something to, 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 to keep in mind as always, there's always plenty to talk about in rugby league, even when there's, you know, no NRL itself to, uh, to talk about. We thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we look forward to, to having you with us throughout the off season as we, um, you know, celebrate what's going on in the international game and also look forward to 2024. It's not as far away as you think. Before you know it, it'll be Christmas and then we'll be getting ready for the footy again. Um, Thank you for listening and thanks, Griffo, for joining us. Thank you, Graham. And, uh, yeah, uh, we will have uh, some other podcasts through the summer, uh, but uh, a bit sporadic. So uh, if you missed any through the year, they're all there. You can go back and listen Right, listen to the archives and make sure you subscribe. That way you get the notifications when they drop. Take care. Bye-bye.